controversy swirls as one of the cameramen for the show The Chosen is caught with a pride flag on set as conservative talking heads race behind their microphones to defend such behavior as we wonder if anyone should still be supporting this show. And a new documentary, Shiny Happy People, details some of the strange beliefs and cult-like behavior from the infamous 19 Kids and Counting stars. But what some may not realize is that the documentary is actually turned into an evangelistic tool for deconstruction rather than simply a warning about false teachers and the harm they do to the gospel. Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be looking at the controversy of a three-inch pride flag that was found on the -the behind-the-scenes footage of the show The Chosen, as well as looking at Shiny Happy People, a documentary that is number one right now on Amazon because it details what was going on with the 19 kids and counting stars. But before we get into that and really show you some really important parallels on what's going on there, we want to ask you to make sure you subscribe to the Good Fight Ministries YouTube channel. Click like on these videos. They just help them get out more. And if you're listening via podcast, we would love for you guys to make sure you leave a five-star review if you feel so led and encourage others to check it out if you believe that people are getting edified by this show because we believe everything at Good Fight Ministries we bring forth to edify the body of believers and also to bring the gospel to people who would not normally listen to it or hear it. And on today's show, because we're going to be digging into these topics and because they are really deep and really important, we're going to be bringing Pastor Joe on right away so that we can get a pastor's perspective on what's going on and really how these documentaries, how so many of the things that are coming out are honestly being used by the enemy to keep people from the gospel or get people to turn away from the gospel. And I want you guys to see right here from John Root, who was originally the guy who talked about what was going on in this controversy and really made the whole hoopla about it and how Candace Owens has, I guess, really pushed the idea down and made it to be not so big a deal because you could have pride flags in your pocket and such while working for her. So I went straight to the Chosen's YouTube account and they have a behind the scenes video. It's called Love and Laundry on the set of season four. And 25 seconds in, they have a pride flag on the rig of this camera set. And I couldn't believe it. So what I did, I put out a tweet, said, hey, and I added the chosen. Can you explain why there's a pride flag on set? Their official account uh, responded to me. This is what the chosen had to say verbatim. Just like with our hundreds of cast and crew who have different beliefs or no belief at all than we do, we will work with anyone on our show who helps us portray or honor the authentic Jesus. We ask that audience let the show speak for itself and focus on the message, not the messenger, because we'll always let you down. So what happened next is conservatives went crazy. It sort of began with a Christian individual. His name is John Root. 
He worked, I'm saying this in the past past tense, for Turning Point USA. He was a contributor and a former sports reporter. And he took to Twitter to essentially say, hey, at The Chosen TV, can you explain why there's a pride flag on set? He took it a bit further than this. He went on and he said, shouldn't every part of this show be biblically based to truly honor the authentic Jesus? If you stand by having a pride flag on your set, you are not a Christian show. I have been very consistent when it comes to my views on whether or not we separate art from artists. And I have said, absolutely, of course, we separate art from artists. A lot of people that work on this show, there are people in the control room, there are people that are operating the camera right here, there's a person operating the camera right there. I have no idea. Maybe one of them has a a pride flag in their pocket. Maybe one of them has a trans flag in their pocket. Do you know how absolutely livid I would be if after everything that I have done uh, in terms of putting myself out there, the attacks I have received from my family for taking positions that are not popular, you know, popular to culture today, if everyone turned their back on me because a person that is hired to operate a camera and is efficiently doing that decided that they wanted to have a pride flag in their pocket, you know it doesn't reflect my views. It doesn't reflect the views of this show. So are you are you suggesting that we go puritanical? Wow, I you know you're hearing those arguments, you know specifically from Candace there. It, it is really interesting to hear her say, "Oh, it's like having a flag in my pocket," or somebody working with her to have just a, a a you know some sort of flag in the pocket. This is something that's just outward during the work. And sadly enough, when this was exposed. Jeremy Boring from The Daily Wire, because that show was obviously played on The Daily Wire as well, said of the piece that they ran on The Daily Wire's website, said this, that when it was confronted, like, hey, like, this is what's going on. He said about the piece that confronts the the fact that they have a gay flag in their behind the scenes film. He said this, this is a disgusting piece and I'm sorry we ran it. So it is interesting to me, and we're bringing on Pastor Joe Schimmel for this. It is interesting to me that you're seeing people, well, we got to back this show for this, that, and the other reason. And it's disgusting to even bring it up because it's such a small deal because it's only a three-inch gay flag. Yeah, the problem is it's not hidden in the pocket. Uh, it's, what's the gay pride flag about? It's about, the it's a pride flag in your face. This is who we are. In fact, we marched down the street we even want to, you know, pray this stuff before your kids, many of them, in elementary school. So, Chad, there's another issue going on here. Uh, it was It's prominent when you see the deal. And he also has the rainbow in the back of his jacket in the same behind-the-scenes video. And by the way, it's a behind-the-scenes video. It's a promotion for the chosen. So, you know, yeah, you know what? I understand. You have a set. You have non-believers that are working on a set for a, for a, a, a production. They're not all going to necessarily be believers. It's hard to get all believers that excel in these different areas. But it's one thing to say, okay, we're going to have people from different backgrounds. It's another thing to say, hey, you can promote your stuff and we're going to actually show what you're promoting, you know, gay pride. And the Bible says, I mean, Jesus is really clear. It's, this is a movie, it's a TV show. It's supposed to be all about Jesus, you know, and his apostles and his teachings. Jesus defined marriage as between a husband and a wife, one man, one woman. Uh, the, spirit, the spirit of Christ, the word of Christ in 1 Corinthians 6 condemns homosexuality. And, you know, several passages do. Passages do. So you look at this and you're, you just think about it like, wait a minute, you guys are doing a behind-the-scenes promo and you're actually promoting the gay flag and homosexuality by not editing it out. You're saying, hey, we're good with this. And when you look at it and you see this going on and you see him promoting this and then to see people just being like, oh, it's, it's no big deal— Sadly, it seems like the milieu of a number of these conservative places because 
Candace Owens in that video talks about, well, I have a camera in here and a sound guy and an editor and they could have this going on, whatever it may be. And what's crazy is John Root actually talked about this because a lot of people are like, well, look, pagans worked on the temple and so forth. That It's not about that because what you're seeing is that this is just the with regularity. They have a bunch of homosexuals working for them. In fact, John Root in his video defending everything that's going on after Candace Owen comes out against him says, I worked at TPUSA with Charlie Kirk and we had gay people working all over the place at TPUSA, which, by the way, doesn't that they have an entire faith based portion. They have pastor summits and stuff that they throw, and yet they have homosexuals galore, according to John Rube, it seems like, uh, working at their place. You know? And and you're like, what is going on? And the same thing with, with, you know, the chosen. And what's crazy is it seems like they just, the people that work for them, it just seems like it's normative that the people that are supposedly putting this thing so that people can have the authentic Jesus in front of their eyes, that a lot of the people working there, it's just normal to be a homosexual or a promoter of homosexuality. One of the things that bothers me about this whole flag thing and the minimization of so many talking heads, oh, this isn't a big deal and so forth, is sadly, I really do believe that even the world has more courage than some of these guys like Dallas Jenkins and so forth when it comes to their courage to their conviction. Because could you imagine, even Steven Spielberg, I'm not talking about a believer, I'm talking about Steven Spielberg. Do you think, while he was making Schindler's List, that if the people on his camera crew wanted to wear a Nazi shirt and put a three-inch Nazi flag up, that he'd be, oh yeah, that's totally fine. But then you're making something about Jesus. It's supposed to be about Jesus and showing the authentic Jesus, Amen. and you have somebody just the acceptance and the pride of homosexuality. It's disgusting. Yeah, and Chad, I think it's so important that you know we're dealing with this because a lot of people are missing what I think is really important right now is you have this ecumenical spirit where the kingdom of God is being brought in to define, to be inclusive of those who don't repent of sin and just to affirm, you know, deviant sexual lifestyles and so forth. And it's interesting when you look at those who are playing Jesus, you know, Rumi, which we'll get to, I'm sure, and you look at the apostles, what are they promoting? Because keep in mind, they are actually talking to the fan base in these behind the scene videos about how they are promoting Jesus and his teachings and how wonderful this is. So they're actually outside of the actual production relating to them with their views. And it's interesting because they're basically saying the family of God, well, we're all part of the family, even if you are involved in homosexuality. In fact, it's interesting, Jordan Ross, who plays the apostle, you know, little James, listen to what he says, my brother, he's not the only one who stands up for the LGBTQ members of the chosen family. Like, we're all a family. I thought, this is interesting. When I started looking at more of the interviews, I started looking at what these guys are saying. Like, ooh, they keep defining that we are the family, and it's like the family of God, and it includes everyone, whether you are born again or not. In fact, Ross wrote that Christianity, quote, is not a monolith. There are gay Christians, trans Christians, straight Christians, liberal Christians, conservative Christians. Stop gatekeeping for the Christian faith. It's not your place to determine whether or not someone is a true Christian. I wonder if he thinks the Westboro Baptists are Christians because I don't. I doubt he does. You That's know, a good and point. Uh, but I do. I doubt it too. But it's so interesting to hear them. They'll put all these lists, but it's like, do you? But are there murdering Christians? Are there thief yeah. Christians? Well, I, I. Where do you draw the line there? No, which is the, a great point because, and he says, you know, who are you to determine who's a Christian? Well, as a pastor, right, and as an elder, right, in, in our fellowship, we have to. How do you bring church discipline if someone's involved in adultery? If they're involved in you know fornication and unrepentant, you know, homosexuality or whatever, do we just, no, we're all Christians. 
No, this is so unbiblical. He's saying, in fact, John makes it clear. Can we determine if someone's a believer mm -hmm. or not? You can't know some people because they may be writing fiction on their secret lives. But when it's just blatant, like First John says, we know in First John chapter one verses three or chapter three verses eight through ten says, "In this, the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil." You know, he that practices righteousness is born of God, and he that practices sin is of the devil. And it's, he says they're obvious. So it's interesting. Cairo, who plays Thaddeus, he says, another one of the actors of the chosen here, anyone who is going to go at one of the family members, right? He says, for something like this is no fan of ours. They can close the door on the way out. Love one another as I have loved you. We stand with our brother. So guess what? The ones who are out of God's family are the conservative Christians who say, hey, wait, that does, that's contrary to Jesus' teaching. And you can leave because we're going to be one family without you. And it's interesting because this same Thaddeus, guy plays Thaddeus, Giovanni Cairo, he says this in a, for the upcoming season. He goes, the honeymoon is over. The disciples are going to see and feel. It's all about feeling here to get in the family, not doctrine and not truth. See and feel what it is really like to see and follow Jesus. This is interviews. These are the apostles saying you're going to see what it, it means to see and feel. And then you got Rumi, you got this kind of Gumby Jesus, right? That you can mold to follow him however you want. And folks, you're going to have a different Jesus if you follow the Jesus of the chosen. And one last quote along those lines, Chad. This is Cairo again playing the apostle Thaddeus. I think the main message our chosen is trying to spread is humanity, the connection, love, and to see it spread through the eyes of the younger generation. What is he doing there? He's saying, guess what? We're, through an, we're, we're giving you a message, and it's about unity. It's about how humanity is one big family. But Jesus said that you must be born again to be part of the family of God. He said, the word, his word says in John 1, 12, as many as received him, he gave the right to become the children of God. In Romans 8, 13, it says, as many as led by the Spirit, these are the children of God. And Jesus says, as you know, Chad, for those who rejected him and didn't want to submit to his lordship, you are of your father, the devil. The devil. John 8, 44. Amen. It's so important for people to hear this and understand this because these are the people putting this emphasis into their acting. And this is what they believe. Here's the thing. When they're saying we want the authentic Jesus and so forth, this is what they believe to be the authentic Jesus. And this is what they're putting forth in their performances right. through the apostles, the ones who were given the keys of the kingdom to build the churches, the church of God that Jesus said, guess what? That the devil, the ain't nothing, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so it is so important for us to realize the importance of the people that are teaching these things, the people that are acting these things and where they're coming from in their mindset. And I say that because, guys, we've been talking about this long enough, and I'm gonna we're, we want to give a few receipts because we've been warning about the chosen for long enough here on the Good Fight Ministries YouTube channel. Because even when we talked about Lonnie Frisbee, and guess who played Lonnie Frisbee? The same person who plays Jesus in the Chosen, Jonathan Rumi. And I want you to hear what he actually does for some of his roles, and it makes me think, wonder what he did for his role with Jesus. Because when he played Lonnie Frisbee, he engaged in you cannot name it anything other than necromancy before i started work i went over to christ cathedral and uh i i sat by his grave and i prayed a rosary with him oh he didn't realize he's buried there too he's, oh yeah he's buried there yeah oh well i'm gonna have to go take a look at that yeah it's 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 powerful in fact i sat down and i prayed with him um the, the, the space just to his right is empty so i got to sit down or lie at one point i even lied down because i just thought it would be kind of interesting to try to connect in some way. That's probably more information than you need or may even want to publish. But that said, uh, I, you know, I, it's the truth. And so I finished praying with him. And I said, Lonnie, 
I want to honor you with this film. And I really want to, um, to, to, to bring justice and, and, you know, the testament to the gifts of God's grace and, and powers that you, you know, displayed while you were on this earth. And so if this is a good idea that I do this film, have somebody give me a sign, give me a sign, have God give me a sign. Mm -hmm. And the minute the words left my mouth, behind me, there was a door open to the cathedral and this giant chord rang out for about five seconds. And from started, the organ. From the organ. Wow. I heard that and I was like, okay, thanks for that. <laughs> so Joe, when we see him so clearly, I mean, you're talking about laying on a grave, thinking that some bells, all this stuff going on is, is a sign from God because you're connecting with this spirit. You know, it is so dangerous. And this is the guy playing the role of Jesus. Yeah, Chad, I, I hope our audience, you know, our brothers and sisters in Christ, they recognize the severity and the, the, the gravity of what you're talking about here. Because when we're talking about necromancy, we're talking about something that's condemned by God. We're talking about occult practice. He's going to this grave to commune with the spirit of Jonathan Rumi, which is forbidden. Because spirits, if you're a Christian, you're absent for the body, you're with the Lord. If you're not a Christian, you're in Hades, right? Waiting the uh, great white throne judgment. And there's no human spirits to commune with. So it's very interesting. Who's he communing with? And it's interesting, by the way, he's picking Frisbee, who, by the way, um, you can check out our, our, our video on Jesus' Revolution, specifically the one on Lonnie Frisbee, and you'll see that he was an unrepentant homosexual through so much of what he claimed when he claimed to be a Christian, doing drugs and so forth. This is really crazy because, uh, Chad, we know the scriptures give the severest warnings against the occult and necromancy and contacting spirits. In fact, in Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 12, he says, when thou art come to the land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes the son or his daughter pass through the fire, or that uses divination, or a reserver of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. You mentioned necromancy. That's exactly what he's doing. When he seeks to contact with the dead, because Satan comes to angel of light and they contact familiar spirits. They claim to be your uncle or whoever, but they're demonic entities. So you got the guy that's playing Jesus and the chosen contacting demonic entities. And we already knew he was a Catholic mystic, but when we saw that, it was like, come on, guys. It is so important for you to realize this is serious. The people acting this stuff out, we have to recognize we're in a spiritual war. It's Amen. something really serious. You know, one of the things that we covered this over a year ago, actually it was quite a bit ago on a live show, we discussed what Dallas Jenkins' views were in terms of the Mormon Jesus. That there is, that to him, that there's absolutely no difference between the Jesus of the Bible and the Jesus of the LDS Church. And so instead of me telling you that's what he believes, here's him expressing to you exactly what he believes. I can honestly say it's been one of the top three most fascinating and beautiful things about this project has been my growing brother and sisterhood with people of the LDS community that I never would have known otherwise. For all the stuff that maybe we don't see eye to eye on, that all happened, that's all based on stuff that happened after Jesus was here. Um, the stories of Jesus we do agree on and we we love the same Jesus. I'll sink or swim on that statement and I and it's controversial and I um, I don't mind getting criticized at all for the show and I don't mind being called a blasphemer. I don't like it when my friends are. And um, I've made it very clear that um, if I go down, if I go down, I'm going down swinging 
protecting my friends and my, my brothers and sisters. And so I don't deny we have a lot of theological differences, but we, we love the same Jesus. I'm not sure quite why that would be controversial. Um, the arguments that we can have about theology can still be had. We are both sleeping on the floor, oftentimes on our knees for this show and for the portrayal of Jesus of Nazareth. And on that, we agree. I don't like it when my friends get attacked. And so that's why I tend to be pretty defensive of my friends, uh, even if not always defensive of the theology uh, that on which we sometimes disagree. Now, we've already been talking about ecumenism with homosexuality, ecumenism with Catholic mystics, ecumenism with occultism, ecumenism now with Mormonism. And Joe, the fact that somebody could say that, especially if you know anything about the history of the Mormon church, I know they don't want to call themselves that. They want to call themselves just Latter-day Saints. But if you are going to talk about the history of the Mormon church and think that they have the same Jesus, when Joseph Smith and Brigham Young would have said completely otherwise to anyone in the evangelical community. Yeah, and the irony here is that, you know, Joseph Smith himself was in communication with a spirit that claimed to be Mormon, claimed to be an angel, right? And Paul warns if an angel preached another gospel, which they have, let them be accursed. The Jesus of the Bible is the uncreated creator of all things. And John 1.1 1, 1 says everything was made by him. Nothing was made but by him. Colossians 1.16, it says he made all principalities and powers. He's before all of them. Yet in Mormonism, they teach that he's not the creator of all things. He's the spirit brother of Lucifer, and he just had a better plan than Lucifer. So God picked him in the preexistence to be the savior, which is just minimizing, what minimizing something. They're minimalizing Jesus, okay, into a different Jesus. Again, we have a Gumby Jesus. Man, stick to the Jesus description. What's heartbreaking about this, Chad, is many people are defining their Christianity because they don't read the scripture. They don't take time to test things, and they watch the chosen. and they think that this is Christianity. Perhaps millions of people will fall into a different Jesus through this continued onslaught of against the Lordship of Christ. One of the biggest things I've noticed, too, and, and we've talked about this a lot on this show and other shows as well, I, I mean, when Hollywood has their hands in something, it is usually going to lambast the Christians, true Bible believers. That's what's going to happen. In some way, shape, or form, they're going to get their hand in there. And somebody who I think is a very interesting actor is Andrew Garfield. And he's played in three specific roles off the top of my head that I've thought about. One of them was Hacksaw Ridge, where he played a seven-day Adventist. Uh, another one was a, a movie called Silence alongside Liam Neeson, where he is a Catholic missionary and then eventually has to go into Japan. And then it seems like he dies with this hidden faith after kind of rejecting it when Liam Neeson was a missionary and rejected the truth of the gospel and so forth. And then... More recently, he was in a kind of a docu-series that you can see on, on Hulu, but there is um, profanity, there is murder, there is blood, there is sexual scenes. I, I'm not encouraging anyone to watch it, but it was called Under the Banner of Heaven, and that was a documentary on Mormonism, and uh, not a documentary, but it actually was based off a book of a true story of these murders that happened from what they called fundamentalist Mormons. Now, the arc of that is very interesting when we parallel it with a recent documentary series on Amazon, which is number one right now, called Shiny Happy People, documenting what is known as the 19 Kids and Counting phenomena, and also Bill Gothard. And we're going to get into that. But I found some interesting parallels, because if you watch that short series that they did on Under the Banner of Heaven, what you'll see is at the beginning of it is you have Andrew Garfield as a detective alongside an Indian man as well, who is a detective alongside him. And what takes place is that 
you originally see him as a Mormon, obviously, and then he is trying to figure out why these brothers, who were very strong Mormons, turned into these polygamist fundamentalists who believed in blood atonement and who are now killing women who believe they're also they also have a calling from God and they're battling with their feelings and what those feelings lead to them and the prophecies they're going through. And what it if I summarized it as best I could, it was here is Mormonism, but there are these fundamentalists, and this young guy is gonna just figure out why these guys have gone astray, only to realize that that is true Mormonism. In fact, if you go back to Brigham Young Absolutely. and to Joseph Smith, which is actually true. That's yeah, actually absolutely. true. Whether it's blood yeah. atonement, whether it's polytheism, whether it is, I mean, you could just go down the list. The polygamy, Amen. it really does document some of the just heinous and disgusting things. But then he loses his faith. And what they give as the answer, because everything b- begins with a problem that they're trying to solve. Yeah. And when they solve the problem in Under the Banner of Heaven, it ends with the problem is solved by humanism. Yeah. And then not only humanism, it's actually leaving that faith behind. But then after you've led the faith behind, realize it's fake, it's not real, this cult is wrong. Ultimately, you must fake it so that you can keep your family. And that yeah. was kind of the arc of that documentary. And why I think it's very interesting is because it seems to be that's exactly, but with different terms. And we'll get into that a little deeper. What has happened here with shiny happy people. And Joe, I know you had somebody early on and I thought, wow, when you told me this story early on, who was attending this fellowship. And when you told me this story coming into this, I'm like, man, those two shows pinned next to each other and hearing this story, it seems, wow, it's interesting how Bill Gothard and this cult-like behavior, how not only does that parallel the cult-like behavior of Mormons in some way, but you really see the draw that it can be for some people. Right, and we're not saying that those who are influenced or have been in the Bill Gothard's teachings are not Christians, totally different animal than Mormonism, but he had some serious you know, theological errors and eccentricities whereby he imposed upon his group certain things like you couldn't have drumming with 4-4 timing, uh, really stiff on what the birth orders were and what you'd be like and so forth. A lot of other strange things. And uh, we had a, a, a gentleman in the fellowship who I love and genuine believer was very sincere, but he was like, he you know, expressed that, wouldn't it be great you know, came to me, and if we introduced Bill Gothard's stuff to our fellowship, fellowship was pretty young at the time, and I was familiar with Bill Gothard's teachings, and I love him, and he came out of Mormonism, came to Christ, but that regiment of Mormonism where there's these really, you know, regimented teachings that are contrary to Christ or very legalistic, and I said, hey, just let you know, bro, I love you, I go, but uh, the, the scriptures are sufficient. We have the Word of God, we have the Holy Spirit, we see beautiful uh, fruit in our fellowship, People that just love Jesus, uh, which he knew that. And I said, we cannot accept, you know, Bill Gothard's teachings. Now, if an individual wants to get, you know, some of his books as far as like the traits of animals that are encouraging or show you God or something like that, that's between them and the Lord. But we're not going to impose that upon our fellowship. You know, and I think it was two or three months later, uh, he left, you know. But we have to make sure that we guard our fellowships from from what can become cultish type teachings where we start imposing upon people in our fellowship, things that aren't actually in the scripture. Yeah. And what bothered me so much about the documentary and what hurt my heart, and I've got to be honest, I I watched it last night. I had to pray before I went to bed because I was really upset mm-hmm. in, in all honesty, because I could see what they were doing, this bait and switch that the enemy was playing on this documentary. And guys, it's number one on Amazon. So be ready because so often what they did to talk about fundamentalism or what they did to talk about some cult-like behavior. And guys, 
They did not do a good job, a good enough job explaining some of the actual cult-like behavior, some of the actual teachings and the ramifications, because I went and I watched different interviews with Ginger Duggar rather than Jill, who was involved. And I got to be honest, I would ask Jill Duggar, because I believe she, she still professes to be a Christian, why she would take part in that documentary, because the bait and switch in that one was we're going to give you hope, not that hey, check this out, there's a false prophet and you can live a biblically Christian lifestyle that isn't this and let's express that. Because instead of getting a bunch of real, true, faithful believers to interview them and and say, hey, this is where the scriptures say he is off, Bill Gothard's teaching was off, this is wrong and so forth, they got a bunch of YouTubers who are really mad at God. And so the arc of that one was very interesting, Joe, because speaking of the arc, one of the things they do is make fun and talk about how just pathetic the teaching is at homeschooling and how homeschooling ends up being cult-like. You wouldn't gather it's only Bill Gothard's homeschooling that's cult-like. You would think all homeschooling has a hint of cultism in it. You would also think that anyone that believes in the creation model that's expressed at the Creation Museum, that also there are cult-like behaviors in that thinking. Anyone that tells someone to not sleep with someone outside of marriage, that there's cult-like behaviors. And I'm saying this, and Joe, we talked about it before the show, it breaks my heart that there may be maybe women specifically, because that's who I think they're trying to get after, are young women and women, that they may go after them and they may be watching this and Satan may just be putting those things. Oh, look, if somebody says you need to be pure for your husband and so forth, Mm -hmm. guess what? It's really because you're part of a cult. Yeah, and you make some great points there, Chad, uh, especially when you think about the fact that a lot of Hollywood kids, by the way, are homeschooled, okay? So they're pigeonholing things, and they're, it's, it's comparing apples and oranges. And, and what I, th- I think the point that you're making that's really important, too, is that they're taking Bill Gothard's teachings and saying this is cultic. Then they're taking biblical teachings from the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ and his apostles and making it sound like those are Bill Gothard's teachings, too. And they originated with Bill Gothard, not with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then all of a sudden people are like, oh, we got to reject all this. And then by the time they get to the end, they got some people that hate God and are deconstructing. They're actually antichrist. Those who put this on are antichrist. They hate Jesus because Jesus said, if you're not with me, you're against me. That's who they're after. So you're using this as a, you know, this is basically a straw man argument to get basically get people to turn away from Christ and deconstruct. The sad thing is, is that they're taking, you're letting the world dictate to you you're letting the world say, hey, let's let us do a documentary about the Duggards and so forth. That's the first misstep. You don't let the world, I mean, Abraham, and I think it's chapter 14, verse 26 of Genesis, when he, he, he defeats the four kings. Remember that? Their that coalition. Yeah. And, and then Sodom, the yeah. king of Sodom. Remember? You know exactly where I'm going. Yeah. He, he's, he's it. He, he, we want to make you rich, Abraham. Here, you're going to get all this. Abraham says, I'm not going to take one thread from you. I'm not going to take one strap of a sandal from you because I don't want you to say the king of Sodom made me rich. We have to be careful as Christians mm. when you're dealing with the world not to let them steer you and manipulate you and then use you and make you a laughing stock to reject Christ. And that's exactly what has happened. And the only Duggar in terms of specifically out of the 19 kids and counting, so to speak, uh, that they interviewed was Jill. And as I said, Jill, I, I believe, and her husband both profess to be believers still. Mm. But I wonder if they knew that that was the ark. And yeah. I wonder, you know, and, and remember, uh, that's not the only time someone actually did take some gold with them uh, as well. And it didn't end up well in the, in, in the Old Testament as well. Five chapters later, chapter 19, he torches yep. Sodom and Gomorrah because uh, of their homosexuality and their pride in Ezekiel, the number one. No, amen, pride. amen. And 
when you look at this and and I watch, you know, the interviews with with Jill and I watched the interview then after I said, man, I want to see what other what what other Duggars are saying mm. because like where were they at with some of this? And the one that I watched, I watched two different interviews. One was with the husband and one was without. And that was on Ginger Duggard, uh, who had come out of that movement and so forth, and is now speaking out against it, but doing so by finding real freedom. And she talked about this on the show. And one of the things she talked about on that show was some of the more rigid things. You talked about the 4-4 beat as well, having drums come and play in your music. She said she was so afraid of this coming and stepping outside of the umbrella because they had a prosperity-leaning teaching uh, of finding favor in inside and outside of that umbrella, finding, falling outside of favor. And she, she was taught, according to her, by Bill Gothard, that there was a young man that was driving down the road and he turned on a song that had a f- drums in it. And because of that, he crashed his car and died. So she lived in absolute fear. He was punished and he died because he might have been listening to Keith Green or someone who had some drumming in their music. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's crazy because you see that and then you get to see the real ramification. When you see actual believers and you can see the dangers, and that's what we're here to say, there are actual dangers in mm-hmm. Bill Gothard's teaching that we repudiate just as much as we do atheism yeah. because of the harm that it does commit. And w- with Josh and the suppression of the truth of him molesting his own sisters and so forth and all of that and then actually coming out and now he's you know in prison for child pornography and everything that's gone on, you can see the damages and effects of sin and the covering up of sin. We can see that, the ramifications are clear-cut, and we should all repudiate them and call it out. And that's because he was doing things that were unbiblical, unchristian. And that's what happens when you get away from Christ. You get in all kinds of unbiblical behavior. It may not be child molestation, but it was his drunkenness, whether it's drugs, whether it's abuse of, of anybody, you know? No, and I love that you brought that out because what I was so blessed by, because if this was the arc of, as we talked about, we were given humanism from under the banner of heaven that exposed the cult of Mormonism— But then guess what? What were we given at the end with all the interviews? Because they even, I'm I'm telling you guys, if you see it, they're going to mock young Christians who are making videos, sharing about marriage tools and so forth, and the fact that a wife may submit to her husband, and oh man, you must be a a, a Gothardite or something. And that's what it's going to make everyone look like. Well, I guess if you have any of these biblical traits, as Joe mentioned, then you're really just part of that Bill Gothard movement. That's not true. There are truths in scripture that we actually adhere to. But what I loved is when Ginger Duggard was asked the question if she ever thought about leaving the faith or if she had doubts about the faith, she specifically mentioned how people were mad that she hadn't deconstructed her faith. And I want you to hear what she said. And the reason behind, and Joe already alluded to it right before this, the reason behind she didn't go and just leave the faith altogether. In that season, because I was going to the word of God, I, I was a believer at that time. I was saved at the age of 14. So my heart, all I wanted to know was, what does God's word actually say? And once I realized that these teachings that Bill Gothard said were Bible, they weren't Bible, that for me was a shift because then I started going back to those um, the seminars and ex- like examining it according to the word of God and saw, okay, this does not line up. And then that process and that journey actually was, it was hard because, yeah, you have that that pause of like, oh, well, then what is true? I need to know because I love Jesus. So I did not, I did not go to it looking like, okay, how can I just 
tear my faith apart, like the deconstruction movement. But for me, I was coming at this looking and saying, okay, how how can I see who God truly is? So going to God's word, that was what gave me comfort and joy in that season, even though it was really difficult. Um, so I wasn't like trying to throw everything off. I was just looking for answers in God's word. And I want to encourage you guys, as you guys are hearing that, I think it is so important and something that Joe and I are trying to express it's look at these things in light of Scripture. And don't deconstruct. One of the things that happens, I'm telling you guys, in Mormonism, I had a friend, a Mormon missionary, goes out to Spain, learns Spanish. Next thing you know, he can't answer the questions that he is receiving out on the mission field. So instead of looking at the one true God and finding out through the Scriptures that the Book of Mormon is false and Joseph Smith and Brigham Young and every prophet of the Mormonism is a false prophet— He went into atheism. I had a young man who was a Muslim in Iran, and when he came out here and realized how horrible life was in Iran and and saw freedom here in the United States, became an atheist because he said, all this stuff is not real. You hear it over and over again. Some of the most ardent, angry atheists are ex-Catholics. People come out of these false teachings. People come out of these cults, and instead of running to Jesus— they end up running into humanism or some other form of spirituality. And we want to encourage you, this is not because the Bible is wrong. It's not because Jesus isn't true. The reason we know these things are wrong, the reasons we know this is wickedness, is because it goes against the standard of God's Word. You have no standard. You have nothing to go off of. And because it goes against the standards of God's Word, we know that it's wrong. Bill Gothard, Mormonism, Joseph Smith, Muhammad, it doesn't matter. It's wrong because it goes against God's word. It goes against the revealed word of God. It goes against what Jesus did on the cross. When he died for your sins, let me tell you right now, do not throw out Jesus because you find out you've been involved in cult-like behavior. Do not throw out Jesus because you found false teaching. Go to the true one, the one who died for you, the one who rose again. He didn't tell some secret. He didn't have some meeting in a cave. He rose from the dead in the same way he died, in public, so that not that you can just wonder and hope, but that you can know that you have eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The 511 News with Chad Davidson has been brought to you by Good Fight Ministries, bringing you news and commentary from a Christian perspective. This show can be heard every Friday wherever podcast shows are available, or visit 511news.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being with you next week on the 511 News.